0: Welcome, everybody, to the Nothing But Facts live stream. And in this uh, live stream, we're going to cover something. I'm going to tell you a story today that is so amazing. I remember reading this a long time ago and not knowing if the source was real or not, not knowing if the story was actually true or not. And then I came upon it just today in Ibn al Jawzi's book one of the greatest scholars of the Hanabila of Iraq. He, he lived in the generation, I think, before or during Abdul Qadr al-Jailani's time. His book, book is called Bahra al-Jumu'ah. And our, uh, a good friend of mine gave this to me at Umrah. When I was last at Umrah, uh, he gave this to me. And this book has an amazing story in it. It's all about stories that really pierce your heart and make a person make tawbah uh, uh, and get ourselves straight and get ourselves together. And that's what, I mean, what else are we doing in life, in, in existence, except pulling ourselves together, getting straight uh, and pulling things together with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you don't have that, well, then what do we have? Like, if we don't do that, if we don't have that, then what do we have exactly? So this story goes like this. There was a great scholar in Baghdad and this Adam. He had schools. He would open up schools everywhere. That's how popular he was. He would preach. He would travel with, with the people. Uh, he would go on trips. And he, had, and he was a scholar. And he had um, uh, a following. He had a big following. And then he took uh, his students, as most you could do, to Hajj. One year, foot and by camel and by horse and donkey, etc. And so he's going there to Hajj, and they get hot, they get tired. So they stop and they basically take a pit stop. And they take a pit stop. The only place next to them is this little dinky village of Christians. So he's there at this little dinky village of Christians, and he's despising every minute of it. And they stay a day, and the Christians welcome them. And it, like there were no hotels back in the old days, so you just had to, to be with people uh, who were in the road, who were generous enough to to, to 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 give you lodging, give you food. And when you're on your way back, or when you're on your way there, you, you give him some money. That's like a bartering system. While he's there, and you're not going to believe this story. He's the sheikh, right? He sees a girl. The hostess, and he falls in love with her. Just like this is exactly the same story, but it has a different ending. So pay attention. The ending of it, you're going to understand everything that happens and why it happened. And he said uh, he, that the, the love of this girl just pierced his heart. He just completely fell in love with this woman, and she was a young lady, and she was the hostess. So he looked, and these people were really poor, and they were Christians—really poor people. And the Christian guy, the 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 leader of the village, was also the like their priest, and they were like extremists. They're like zealots for Christianity. So he says, "Let me marry her." It's halal for the Sharia. Let me marry this woman. And he said, "No." He said, "As for you yourself, you can marry her, but as for our law." you have to become a Christian. So I said, that's out of the question. But he could not get this woman out of his mind. So much was he in love that he actually fell sick. And he told his companions, so all the students just go, go ahead, go without me. They were like, no, no, we can't go without you. He said, go without me. Second day, third day. Four, finally, he says, uh, I'm tell- I yelled at them. He scolded. They were like shocked. Why is the Sheikh yelling? What's wrong with him? He's like, I'm not feeling well. I want to be alone. Go without me. When all the students left... He sat with the man and tell me exactly what you want me to do so I can marry this woman. Okay. He said, I'm going to explain to you all exactly what's going on here at the end of this story. He said, you have to become a Christian, okay? And then she has to accept you and you need to pay us a dowry. He said, I'll do all that. The sheikh said put this hat on He put on the Christian hat He said what's the dowry He says the dowry is We need more proof that you're actually a Christian You need to be To herd the pigs for a year And eat with us And he did it He started doing it With the same staff That he was to give us khutbah on We have to ask Allah afiyah And you always have to be afraid for your deen In this day and age you got to hold on to your Islam. You got to be aware of it. You got to be conscious of it. You just can't regular just be a Muslim as if being Italian, being Egyptian, being Pakistani. No, you got to hold on to your Islam. La- Yesterday we read about Bal'am ibn Ba'awra. He knew al-ism al A'zam. He had a maqam with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This man was a scholar of Quran and Hadith. Hafiz Quran, Hafiz Hadith, Hafiz Fiqh. He used to teach the Madhab. He had schools and followers. He traded it in for his desires. You might ask yourself, I mean, this is so crazy. How does this happen? You're going to see because we will get an explanation of how this exactly happened and why. So he goes and he never goes to Hajj. He spends a year, okay, fulfilling his duty, right? The dowry and his, his companions come back though. They're like, let's go see if the sheikh is at the village. They go to the village and essentially they basically almost have a heart attack from what they see. I mean, you can imagine when when a sheikh who's reliable and he starts giving fatwa that you don't like. Fatawa, forget uh you know, leaving Islam. No, fatawa that he doesn't like, that you don't that you if if your sheikh goes against the mashur al madhab, we have in each school of thought something called the mashur. The mashur is that which you act upon that which is the fatwa is given, right? There's no doubt about it, okay? So many scholars have approved this. If he goes against that, your heart shakes. If you see, like, for example, the man and his family, they're not practicing the deen, like, outwardly, like, uh, in a blatant way. Your heart shakes. You wonder, what's going on? Imagine now, and we're talking way back then, when this idea of leaving Islam, coming to Islam, practicing Muslim, not practicing, get okay, all that was unheard of. So they literally, one of them fainted when he saw it. And the other of them literally started to get pains in his head and he became sick. They literally like were cracked, their minds cracked, their hearts cracked. And, wh- and they said, we ran to Baghdad making tawbah and asking Allah never to test us with what he's tested his Sheikh with. We recited the Quran to him. We recited the hadith. He said, I know better than all of you. Isn't that what all the shiukh say when they go astray? Right? I know the evidence is better than all of you. That's what he said. I know everything better than all of you. Leave. Okay. And therefore, he went and he continued and then he married the woman. He married her. He was wearing the cap and he was herding the pigs and he even became a lecturer in their religion in their little dinky uh, church, because they were poor, very poor. But he was so in love with this woman. Okay. They married for a while. And then the students came back a second time, pleading with him and reciting the verses. He yelled at them and expelled them. On their way out now, this is a little over a year now. On their way out, they saw him running chasing after him having thrown off the christian hat and yelling <laughs> and they all started weeping and they just couldn't believe what happened he read he went straight to his old house took a ghusl from top to bottom and ran to the masjid and would not leave the mihrab of the masjid weeping out of tawbah weeping out of tawbah they then said to him, Sheikh, we are so thankful that Allah has brought you back. And he started and he reviewed his Quran from cover to cover again, reciting it as a, pretend as if he was a student. He's sitting down his students and reciting the Quran, reciting the Hadith, reciting the Fiqh all over again. They asked him, Shaykh, what, happened? what is this? He said, this, what you saw, what you all saw was the result of a sin that I committed for one blink of an eye. I committed this sin for a blink of an eye. What could it possibly be that you did as a sheikh for a blink of an eye and that Allah Ta'ala has tested you and and purified you and punished you, okay, for a year and, and a half by being outside of Islam completely? He said, listen, when we were teaching and preaching, and doing a lot of ibadah and the followership was spreading so there were schools opening up everywhere and wherever i would walk people would recognize me i was walking to a group of people and a christian beggar was dirty he was unclean his hands were i mean he's homeless he's dirty he latched on to my thobe, and you know the shiuch they always present themselves. There are ascetics and there are shiuch. The shiuch who deal with people, they have to present themselves well. So he presents himself well. He doesn't want to get dirty. So he said, get off of me. And he said, what? I want, I want something from you. You're offering your services to everybody. I, want, I need something. I need some help. He said, go get someone else to help your own. Okay? And he said, why are you saying that? He said, we know uh, because of what you're upon. right?" And then he said, well, how do you know I'm not better than you? He said, I'm better than you. The Christian man, now, now back, back in those days, theology in the air, right? Even the Christian knows aqid, right? He says, we haven't died yet. How do you know what my ending is and what your ending is? The sheikh then says, and listen to these words carefully. He says, I look down upon him with such contempt and disgust. How? He's misguided. Okay. He's dirty he's poor, he's arguing with me in the streets, and all the other people were Muslim, and they're looking at, at this situation, and of course, they're siding with the Muslim. And everyone at that moment was sort of, in a sense, bullying this, this Christian homeless person. And the sheikh was leading that, sort of leading that. And he said, I looked at this man with a, such a disgust and a contempt and at that moment, I felt a fluttering inside of my heart and that my iman left. I felt that a bird just popped out of my heart and flew away, fluttered away. This is the exact same thing that we heard from the testimony of Bar'am ibn Ba'ura. That when he had that deceit, d- d- disgust, He said, very shortly after that, we all went for the hatch. And the moment I laid eyes upon this girl, I could not control myself. So what happened when the iman left his heart, his, it was just a matter of time. He had no guardrails up his ego or his nefs controlled him. And he said, because I look down at that Christian man in that way. And I said the words, I'm greater than you. Yes, we know Islam is greater than Christianity. And the Muslim is in a higher rank at this moment than a kafir. But we don't know the future. Right? If you ever comes to your mind, who is greater, the Muslim or the kafir? Of course, the Muslim is in a superior rank than a kafir. And we should say, may Allah keep us on Islam and may Allah guide them to Islam. So facts are one thing. The attitude by which you interact with your fact is something else completely. And for that attitude of, uh, towards the man, Allah punished him. He said, then it was for shortly after we went to Hajj and that girl's love of that girl controlled my heart and I left Islam and I started to know and think that maybe this is the punishment for what I did to that Christian man until you all came the first time I sent you away, you came the second time, I became convinced and I asked Allah, oh Allah, make tawbah upon me so that I may make tawbah to you. The reality of tawbah is that Allah Ta'ala is the one who initiates repentance to the abd by offering it to the abd. Your acceptance of that is that you start making tawbah. A man asked Rabia al-Adawiyah. He said, oh Rabia, I have so many sins. Can I repent to Allah? She said, you won't repent until he repents unto you. Then your repentance is the acceptance of his repentance unto you. So if the idea comes into your mind to make Tawbah, you should be weeping because that means Allah wants to make Tawbah to you. Meaning Allah wants Tawbah means to return, that Allah is pulling you to him. So he repented and he started to, to, to do more Ibadah and more seeking more knowledge and teaching even more than ever before. Until one day they were sitting, him and his students, he was very popular. He was very handsome and very popular, right? That's, those are the types of people who get conceited, right? So he's sitting with his students and they're eating dinner and a bang knocks on the door. A man opens the door. It's one of the servants. And he says, well, what does she want? Or, what does he want? He said, there's a girl here. She says she knows you. There's a poor Christian girl here. She says she knows you. And we're like, how would you know the sheikh? Like, they don't know the story, right? And he's thinking to himself, who who could it possibly be? He says, open the door, let her in. Lo and behold, it's the daughter. It's that woman that he had married, the daughter of that uh, leader of those Christians. She had come in. She comes in weeping. And he says, what brings you here? She said... When you left, I couldn't live without you. And I didn't know what to do because I knew that Christianity was the truth. Until, let me read this exactly word for word as Ibn Jose relates it. She says, Lama ani fanimtu, I slept فرأيت علي أبي I saw in my dream Ali ibn Abi Talib. Now remember, people know Islam the same way I would, we, we know as Muslims here in America who Peter, Paul, Mark, and Luke are, right? So she knows who Ali ibn Abi Talib is. I saw Ra'aytu Ali ibn Abi Talib. And he says to me, Calm down, be upset. Because the deen of Muhammad is what is true. She was genuinely, sincerely believing Christianity is true and that she lost her husband to Islam. And that she's so upset now. He says, she he calmed me down and said, La Muhammadin. There is no real deen except Muhammad. So calm down because that is the truth. What he's on is the truth. Okay. And he said it three times. Then he said after that, waliy min awliyai. It is not that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would test you. In other words, cause you to be in damnation through a wali from his awliya. So in this one dream, this shaykh, he had made tawbah so sincerely that Allah Ta'ala gifted him with his wife back and an announcement that he's from the awliya. It would not be that Allah will damn you, that you will be damned through a wali from the awliya. So he just fell in complete tears. He could not believe what he was seeing, and she said, "Ashhadu an la ilaha muhammad rasulullah, la ilaha illallah, muhammad rasulullah," and that she entered Islam and they married again as Muslims. This time, lo and behold, time passes. Time passes. See Allah taala for when people are sincere, it's almost as if. You write your own history. When people are sincere, all the parts and all the pieces, they all come together again. So what happens? Lo and behold, he's walking one day with his wife. And who does he see? Coming out of the masjid, fresh wudu. Nur on his face. The original Christian man that he had argued with in the street and made fun of and looked down upon. And who said to him, how do you know what are... Ending is going to be like how do you know how i'm going to die how do you know how you're going to die and he saw that man and he started all his memories came back to his fitna and he said what happened to you and what has allah done with you he said after that incident you humiliated me in the street in front of all the other muslims i said oh allah i am a christian this is what i believe is true whatever is pleasing to you put me on that path so he said, and I thank you. In other words, not directly, but indirectly, Annie. I thank you. You broke my ego that day. Like you humiliated me in front of everyone. I was so broken. When a person's broken and they turn to Allah, the dua is mustajab. And he said the right words. He said, oh Allah, I'm a Christian because I think this is what's true. Whatever is true, put me on your path. And he became a good Muslim. And he became one of the worshipers that is, was known in Baghdad as putting effort in ibadah. We talked yesterday about uh but, um, I mean, this story is very, very similar to that. And there is no guarantee that anyone will stay upon Islam. We gotta know we got the big we have the biggest nama Don't ever let it slip away. And you don't let it slip away by being aware that it can slip away. You have to be aware. If it could happen to this person, if it could have happened to the companion of Sayyidina Musa. And it could happen to a Sahabi. Well, we, he's not a Sahabi. He apostated, so he doesn't count as a Sahabi. The Sahaba, and, and my friend Jibreel, he sent me this message, and he said that, well, what about the companions? Because we said yesterday that when, when if you become a Wali, you never lose your walaya. And we said that you could. It's not a guaranteed position, right? It could doesn't mean it does, but the Sahaba were guaranteed. The Quran guarantees their righteousness. عنهم عنهم. provided they die as muslims which not all of them did so they wouldn't count as sahaba at all okay so they're an exception allah guaranteed hassan hussein abu bakr umar uthman ali and the 10 guaranteed paradise he guaranteed all of them jannah okay so they're guaranteed and to be a sahabi is greater than to be a wali Okay, all the sahabu awliya of allah so that is a suhbah that is an exception of wilaya that is guaranteed stamped okay, by name Sayyidina uthman abu bakr umar uthman sa'ad sa'id talha zubair Abdurrahman Rahman bin awf abi ubayda hamza uh, fatima aisha all of them were guaranteed all right jannah bilal prophet said said i hear the voice of Bil- uh, the footsteps of bilal in paradise so with that uh, we close with our uh, uh, opening and let's move on now to our Q&A. All right, let's see what kind of Q&A we have today. And it would be good if you put your if you put your questions in the uh if you put your questions in the little question box cuz it's just easier to deal with that way. All right. So let's start. Remember, we got anything? So that people think you're a big hairy on un- a guy. Someone asked was he Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Trying to reload here the uh so I can get this on the iPad. All right, other announcements uh other announcements is that we we got a tafsir class that's going on that is a very good class that you don't want to miss out on it's on arcview plus which you can get at myarq.org, and today we open up with uh the opening verses of surah maryam in which Sayyidina zhakariya makes his dua and makes his prayer and uh it's a very important dua because he, that, that story of Sayyidina zakaria there's so much knowledge uh, about dua in that. And dua is the ibadah. If you don't have, firstly, if you don't have anything to strive for in your life, what are you doing? I just don't understand. Like you, you got to do something. You just living? Wallahi, it's one of the curses upon a person. We have to ask Allah, afiyah and salam. And we can't look down on that. There are people, they just wake up in their sweatpants and they eat and they, who knows what happens with the day. They're on a device or gaming all day. And then they go deep into the night and then they wake up at 11 a.m. or 10.30 a.m., right? I mean, you could wake up at 10.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. if that's your nap. After you'd prayed tahajjud, you did sahood, you prayed Fajr, you stayed up till ishraq, then you sleep again, that's different. But these folks, I mean, it's pretty scary. You wonder, what are you doing in life? Entertainment to me is sometimes one of your biggest enemies. Because it, it's, 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 it just numbs you that you don't have a goal. You're just entertaining yourself. Sometimes, sometimes it's an enemy. All right. So if you didn't hear this story, you're going to want to go back and listen to this entire story of Abdullah Al-Andalusi. Uh, I believe I read one time his name is also Al-Ansari Al-Andalusi. You got to read this man's story and, and listen to what we just said uh, before. So... Uh, you could take the Isra'iliyats. You could read them, just reading them. You're not going to make a ruling based on the stories of Bani but you. But can you read them? Yeah, you can read them. Can you take, like, you know, just a story as a lesson? As long as that lesson has of something that... Uh, it has a shahid for us like if we have a text from quran and hadith that could corroborate not the story but the lesson of the story that's the key like what is the implication there's a word called lawazim or the implications of the story so if the implication of the story uh has a, a shahid from the quran and hadith then we could use utilize that yeah we can all right here's this, a question that says Speaking of Ibn, J- ibn al Jawzi, how do you find the condition of the Han- Hanbali method when it comes to Aqeedah? Unfortunately, some modern Ash'adis are preaching doubt of true Hanbali teaching today. There is a, a page that you could go to True Hanbali Aqeedah, I think it's called, and also go to Sheikh Yusuf ibn Sadiq's uh, Instagram page. So the Instagram page, True Hanbali Aqeedah, Yusuf ibn Sadiq's pages, they represent with direct quotes what the Hanbalis say, the Hamadi uh, that that is deemed by all the Ahl sunnah to be a blessed and noble Aqidah and I as Sheikh Yusuf bin Sadiq recently sent me a book by Abdul Ghani nabulsi he's saying that the Ash'ari Aqidah and the Hanbali the, Aqidah the basis of their Aqidah is one and the same the actual beliefs is one and the same just except that the Ash'ari uh, they argued it differently. They presented it differently. But the essence of the belief is the same. All right. Put your questions in the... Oh, here we go. So Nabil XHXY says... Is that a code for something for the youth that I'm not aware of? Okay. What is the difference between athari and ashari? Forget athari, go to hanbali. So Nabil XHXY, go to... Stu- if you want, want to study hanbali f- aqidah, go to true hanbali creed, I think it's called. I just shared something from them today. Or go to Yusuf ibn Sadiq and study with him. Okay? And essentially the difference is the presentation and the, the way in which the Ash- Ash'aris express the tanzi So the things that the Ash'aris don't believe in, the Hamadis also don't believe in. Except the Ash'aris have expressed it in terms right, that, are, that were not used in the time of Imam Ahmed. That's the only difference. Uh, according to you know, these, the, the Hanabla that we spoke to. Okay. And you should also go and listen to my podcast with, uh, Sheikh Yusuf Ibn Sadiq. It's an interview. It's on YouTube. Mi'raj Mushtaq says, yesterday's question about how you started your Islamic knowledge and journey. Short form version is that we were a bunch of Egyptians, like most other Egyptians. We didn't pray. We had Nefertiti, statues we had a kaaba on the wall picture of the kaaba we fasted ramadan and my, my i remember my dad in the cradle teaching me Qulhu allahu ahad, when i was young maybe not the cradle but as young so we had that stuff i knew Qulhu but there was no dean besides that in the house nothing right there was egyptian culture and then at some point some teachers came in and people started to get aware of the deen so we got into that and my parents were just they, they didn't pressure me at all they just uh I, they were just happy whenever i would say yeah i want to go to jummah right i want to go to the masjid. masjid and so i'd like to see my my mom happy she would be, be happy she never told me to right so it was always just from me it was never something that anyone pushed me to now here's the trick as a muslim parent i tell my kids to pray they have to pray and they have to memorize the quran i have to give them a basis right so the idea that uh, that someone is not pressured into something is not the only way in which people are inspired. Sometimes at Sheikh Muhammad, the greatest preacher for the Arabs, his name was of uh, the last century. He said Muhammad Metwally al-Sha'rawi. His father saw a vision of him when he was born that he saw a bird um, singing from a minaret. So he went and asked his brother, what do you think the dream means? He said, go check if your wife is pregnant. Because you're going to have a boy whose preaching reaches far and wide. She turned out she was pregnant. So he knew this boy is going to be a scholar. So he pushed him to study. And the sheikh did not want to study. He said, I want to be a rich farmer. right? I want to be a rich farmer. He said, you're going to study. So he went and he forced him to enroll at Al-Azhar or whatever the college was. Because there were two colleges next to each other. And he bought all the books. The father took all his savings and bought all the books. And then he came back a year, a little bit, a few months later to check on his son. He looked at the books and he said, the binding is not even cracked. You're not studying. And then he said, then my father just put the book down and I'm expecting an outburst. You know, when you expect your parents to blow up and we all know when the parent's going to blow up, you live with them for, for, for decade plus, right? You know, when your parents going to blow up, then you get the shock of your life. He doesn't blow up. He said that my father then closed the book, put some money for my food and drink. And he said, uh, and he walked out with a broken heart. He said, the moment my father walked out with a broken heart is the moment I said, this is not right. I have to study. And when I took the first step to studying, I became an addict. Could not stop reading and reading and reading and studying and sitting in all the halakat. He even went and he had a sheikh in Libya in 1998 or six. He I think he passed away slightly before that. A, new, a man from New Jersey was his doctor, and he was treating him. And he saw the Sheikh weeping one in the waiting room or in the in the office. And he said, Why are you weeping? He said, I went to the library before I came to this trip. I went to the uh to the library, and he said, There's nothing left to read. There's nothing in this the in the Torah al-Islami left for me to read, especially in tafsir. He's focused on tafsir. There's like there's no other tafsir for me to read. He had read all the tafsir, right? So that was Sheikh Sharaoui. So, so just because I'm saying that I had no pressure into it does not mean that uh, if a parent does pressure their kid to pray or memorize Qur'an, that, that they're not going to get a good result. No, you will get a good result. It is possible. So I'm just telling you that how it was for me. And then so I sat with this, this Egyptian Sheikh for a little bit who, who was very strong. Then I sat with, uh, I went to the circles of Ibrahim Buker for a long time. And he was Libyan, and he had like a zuhud type of attitude, which was really appealing to to me, at least. I liked the zuhud. And then uh, it was after that, it was Hamza Yusuf. And so Allah sent me the person who suited me at that time. So the one sheikh suited my whole family. Then the other sheikh, Dr. Ibrahim Bukar, he would bring the high school kids, and I would hang out with them. So we would take the lesson. I loved the lesson, and I loved the hangout. And we would hang out. And then uh, as a college student, Uh, Hamza Yusuf came because he sort of bridged to both worlds. He bridged this world of Dean and also what it means to be an American. And and he was a convert. And he he brought the California culture and he brought this desert Mauritanian culture. To me, this was all new. All I knew is Egyptians, Palestinians, and Saudis. That's it. And there's Pakistanis over there somewhere, right? That's all I knew. That's all we hung out with. But he brought something totally different, a new culture, a new everything, and then he brought some more so i started studying with that i just never looked back after that and then at, at our time there were a lot of resources to tell the truth in this day and age the if you have discipline the resources are available if you have the discipline right and you could and the Shi'uch are online now back in the day shiuch, no no such thing as uh, communicating openly with the shaykhs it didn't happen right so uh, um And then, and, and, and there weren't institutions. You could sign up for some institution. It wasn't common and you wouldn't know about it. They didn't have websites, right? Someone would have to go and sign up and get a culture shock. It was very different. So I had to scrap and scrap and scrap and get a little bit of knowledge here, a little bit of knowledge here. But we, uh, but there was curriculums. The one thing that the Hamza Yusuf and his they taught was that there were curriculums, right? And so I took the curriculum in Arabic, in film. Ibn Ashir, Akhdari, Risalat ibn Abi Zayd, Akhla bin Masalik. And then in Hadith, don't watch the book with another sheikh. That's how I did it. It was never in a formal way. But it was, it was with curriculum. And the most important thing is stay in constant communication with shayyukh. I'm in constant communication with different shayyukh to make sure my understanding is sharp. Right? And, and that I'm on, on top of things. All right, so that's the answer from uh question question. All right, Ryan, anything? From the other streams.: Someone scholarship available on the courses.: from Yeah, email Ryan, and he will get you on. We don't say no to anybody who can't uh, pay the tuition. So if you can't pay the tuition to myarcview.org, and and people say, "Oh, oh Bo, but get an application sooner get robbed. Get robbed of what? Right? He's got to lie. To take Islamic courses, let him lie, right? SubhanAllah. Oh, Karim, I, I actually was meaning to answer his message. Wa alaikum, salam, rahmatullah. Karim is one of, our, one of our main. He went to Turkey, huh? MashaAllah. Yeah, he did say he went to Turkey before he came to Virginia. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, give him tawfiq eventually to ta'ala. He's very dedicated and um, he's got the engineer's mentality, right? He's, one plus one equals two. not going to get any tricks or any instability. And we ask Allah Ta'ala to give him and all the other students tawfiq. And most importantly, and for us and him as well, and all these students istiqama and consistency, because the the path of knowledge is a long one. And we need consistency and stability in our intention. Uh, Triple H says, "Hussein from Chicago, we're entering Rajab and some of us are in deep sin. How do we turn ourselves around? That you don't give up That's the only solution for someone Even Al-Akhdari, Imam al-Akhdari He quotes and he mentions the idea of Someone who is bin Addicted to a sin And the only there's only one solution for these types You don't give up That's the only solution There's no, uh, what's the secret dhikr? What's the secret wirt? Yes, there may be many different ad'i that you pray with What's the secret time? Yes, take advantage of all that But at the end, there's one solution for someone like this Which is, you don't give up All right, Sansan Malik says, can we just recite Astaghfirullah as zikr or should we recite more elaborate version? Astaghfirullah is one of the best of God. It results in increase of lifespan, increase of wealth, increase of children and nearness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if a person sticks to that, then they are good to go for sure. No doubt about it. And if you want to read the secrets of it, go find them in Surah Nuh. Read Surah Nuh with a open eye and you'll see the secrets of istighfar. Dennis Gunduz. Denis Gunduz, if I'm pronouncing that right, she says, how do you know if you are Willy of Allah, how can one become one? Uh, firstly, there... Is it possible to know that someone is a wali? Yes, it is possible. It is possible for somebody to know that they are a wali from Awliya illahi subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is possible. Uh, Imam al Nawi confirms this in his discussion, and it's in this book here, Al Risala Al Qushayriyya. This book that everybody should have, and there's a PDF translation in English. Al-Risala Al-Khushayriya. it is possible that somebody can know how they can know in different ways. Dreams from Awliya, other salihin dreams that they themselves see about themselves. It is possible for someone to know their wali. The path to alayh is not difficult in this in theory, okay, but it takes effort. It takes your whole soul, your heart and soul. Learn and practice it. That's what Ulaya is because in the hadith of wulayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that they know the difference between the fard and the nafila, right? They worship Allah with the obligatory matters, then they do many extra matters, supererogatory matters. And so therefore, the, um, the, 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 the lawazim there or the uh, implication there is he knows the difference between a fard and a nafilah. He knows the difference. And so by knowing the difference, uh, he must therefore be knowledgeable. So that's the first thing. Seek knowledge. Seek knowledge of aqidah and the names of Allah and his attributes. And then study fiqh. And then study the wo- uh, acts of worship. Like dua is the greatest act of worship. Okay? Remember, we're coming upon Wednesday tomorrow between duhr and Asr is the time of Ijabah. Du'a, Study dua. Study adhkar. The sister just asked about his sigfar. Okay? Study adhkar. Study study the nawaf al tahajj and do acts of worship. Do much ibadah alongside with acting upon your knowledge, and Allah will open up the doors for you. Okay. There's no doubt about it. The doors will open up. All right. We got questions here. Uh, Ryan, what do you got? Okay. Shoot. Someone asked why sometimes possessions of jinn happen in righteous people. Uh, Possession of jinn, uh, you can. and say this is it possible for a righteous person to be taken a prisoner of war prisoner of war it's a it's a it's a f- f- tribulation that happened to him. what place does philosophy have in that movie? or what philosophy it's first place for for everyone is prohibition to read that nonsense uh, philosophizing about the creator or the world or the universe until you study and you study first the refutations until your aqidah becomes really strong. Once someone's aqidah becomes really strong and they have a, a constant contact with scholars of aqidah, then they may read. So in the same way, and I always give the example, uh, the boxing commission, you need to be a licensed boxer for them to sponsor your fight. So if they permit someone like me who's a, who, who never boxed ever to go fight, uh, against um like floyd mayweather one of these people that would be a crime because that could be lead to murder right that's a crime so likewise philosophy the argumentation is a boxing match of the minds so novices should not go there don't even go there um, but if you train then you could go there you have to train first and study then you could go there or if you're a regular person you find this stuff boring anyway so what are they talking about? I actually said, look at the philosophers. When I studied philosophy, and I didn't do this the right way, I'm telling you, that day we didn't have a lot of resources in New Jersey. I had to know for sure Islam was the truth. I knew Islam was the truth. But I had to know for sure the competition out there. So I went around studying all possible religions and philosophies by taking classes at Rutgers and reading. I just have to see the competition, right? and know for sure what's what they're saying so there's no doubt and one of the philosophy courses i took the guy was really he was a nice guy and i'm sitting there thinking about the guy i said there's a big difference between shiyukh and this guy shiyukh the more you go into islam all the shiyukh they they, they're crisp right as they become real shiuch, they become more crisp clean well-dressed handsome and on top of that so they, they they smell good and they're surrounded with people right they're always surrounded with people who want what they have this guy he's unclean and he's a loner right and what is he going to do for society what, he can't even lead a family right he doesn't even have a family he's not even tolerable to marry he this guy was so unclean right and I thought to myself, like, what's the result? If this was a right a good path, it should result in a person who you want to hang out with. I don't want to hang out with these people. None of them. The whole lot, the whole department, none of them were tolerable human beings. And none of them was a happy person. Right? Always quipping and whining about something. And I don't see a following around them. I see like youth or people, random people coming. But I can go to Sheikh and the plumber wants his attention and the, the rich person wants to be around has something so oftentimes you don't just get the ideas let's look at the representative of those ideas right and so that's why that shaykh abdullah Al andalusi he he got a ta'dib from allah because if you are such aliyah of allah you can't have that attribute in your heart of contempt for other people you have to have rahmah for other people on that right so allah is not accepting that his awliya their hearts not be wonderful hearts he will teach them how to have wonderful hearts Right. Let's see what we got here. Let's take one of these. Uh this brother says you simplify just like the set simplified. There's no simplification here. I'm the I'm real and no one's gonna be more real than me about this stuff. What it can't be simplification. There is no there's no simplification here. Okay, what else we got here? Um, Question, let's hear. Spicy one. Good. Is it fair not appropriate to label one rugescent? Automatically he affirms the attributes in English, such as the hand face and other issues lately. No, if if he also sa if he just says I affirm them, then no. And if he's definitely if he says no, there's none like unto him, it's a then no. We wouldn't do that. And that's according to the um fatwa and yeah, the fatwa of Sheikh Saeed Fuda. Okay, what else we got here while I'm loading this thing. For some of the Wi Fi stinks around here. We have to get a booster for sure. Is there any authentic scholarly opinion that the descendants of the holy prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam are given the glad tidings of dying on that? I don't know about that. I heard Shichasulata said say that, but I didn't. I I don't have a, a narration for that. So, but I'm sure has a narration, but I didn't. I don't know the answer to that. Have you thought about teaching mantid? I only teach mantiq in the Apiya class. That's mainly the three uh, main principles. But no, I don't teach mantid, uh in that in a formal, long did way. Question here says from Madik Tawzif, do heaven and hell physically, are they existing? Or is it a mere state? It is a physical existence, no doubt about that. There's no doubt about it. And the resurrection is physical as well. Okay. What else? Um, someone said, assalamualaikum my mom and me and my family is positive COVID-19. What uh, da'wah should I do? La forty times until you get shifa uh, uh, and that is basically a dua for all sick everyone's sick that's a dua for sickness. La forty times. They also believe it or not read you read, they would read do public readings of any uh, book of uh, the prophets like I said related to the messenger peace be upon him like Shema'il, Sahih Bukhari reading those books. What else we got? This is a Hanafi question. How much of the head must be uncovered when praying? Uncovered? How much or covered? Of the head must be uncovered when praying for Hanafis. Maybe you might cover it now. Uh, we can answer the Hanafi questions here. Uh, that's not my thing. But what we should do is you can ask uh, Muftini as yes. we can ask about this. Uh, Sadiq here says that uh graphic is all a great pitch too for those who know how to read arabic oh i think that brother was saying that you're oversimplifying the hamadi creed maybe that's what it is okay maybe that's what he's saying yeah may, yeah they did have some debates but um there's no doubt. but i'm not interested in the complicated things i'm interested in where they agreed uh because yeah all right what else we got here uh Nabil says can you explain the qudsi hadith about Allah loving someone that he becomes his hearing his he- hearing that means his everything of his becomes inspired with the truth and it comes in line with the divine decree and therefore he finds tawfiq and success in the matters that he does in the things that he does Allah knows best but that is the meaning of the hadith al-wilaya okay hadith al-wilaya where uh, Allah becomes his hearing, his seeing, everything of that nature. It becomes, it means that He is the inspiration, and it means that the person is on, uh, he, he's on, on the path that Allah Ta'ala wants those limbs to be upon. Yeah, okay, so that's a very important hadith. That's the main hadith of Wulayy. Right, what else we got? Someone said, "What do you mean by heaven and hell? It's physical as it, as this concept? Dimension or the concept of physical exists afterwards. Physical, as opposed to like a, 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 an emotional or spiritual state, where it's not a dream state. It's true. It's hundred percent true, right? Like it's physical. You can touch it. You can feel it. You're gonna have skin. You're gonna have bones. You're gonna have eyes, just as we have eyes today. But the creation that uh, we will have that shape." But the creation will be slightly different there's not going to be certain things of uh, the cause and effect that we have in this world for example the prophet ﷺ says in that state if you think of something in paradise it appears in front of you so you don't have to take the certain steps also the satisfaction of the earth. today we find satisfaction in work we find satisfaction in doing something good right that doesn't exist in today our bodies will get tired of a pleasure if you engage in some kind of a pleasure. One time, two times, you sort of get bored of it, and it becomes a pain. Like eating could become painful, but in, 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 in Akhirah it doesn't. There's no death. Okay, uh, Pleasure keeps increasing. There's no need for rest and breaks. There's no need for sleep. These types of things. So there is a body, but it's a different type of creation of that body. But it, it, it is a physical body. Religion get their prayers answered, but they're not praying to Allah, they're praying to an animal, but they get what they Very, uh, um, very uh, good question, and the answer to, and I see Tanz, I think Tanz also is the one who asked about, you said you, you're, you're simplifying, uh, so I'll answer him in a second. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he fulfills the needs of people, Okay. He fulfills the needs of people and he's given something greater to them, right? Doesn't he keep them alive every day? Doesn't he give them the sun? Doesn't he give them life, existence to begin with? He has he is patient with people. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sabr with people, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has um rahma with people. That doesn't mean they're on the right path. Okay, and it may be istidraj, istidraj, could be. So how they react to it? Do they react to it? that their prayer was answered to more openness to the truth and willing to draw near to Allah or more worship of their idol and going to what they're praying to even more, then that's is- it's, it's It's they're leading them more astray because Allah Ta'ala, He does, He gives you what you ask for. You have to understand this. Even if you ask for kufr, eventually He helps you. And that's the meaning of He leads astray whomever He wishes. Okay. Uh, for tons, yes. Uh, the Dr. Hatim al Hajj, we had the podcast with him, and you could listen to that too, and you'll benefit a lot from him. And we talked about Aqidah with him there. Yeah. Okay. All right. Itshem says, How do we address those who deny the bidab hasana? They can deny it all they want, it's fiqh. Okay, the Hanabilah, they have a precedent in the first three generations and they call it Sunnah. They don't call it Bid'ah hasana. They call it Sunnah, right? If it has a precedent in the first three generations. Maybe even, I think, Sheikh Yusuf ibn Sadiq, go back uh, there, he said that to that podcast the precedent amongst the righteous, they call it a Sunnah, uh, especially the first three generations. And Allah knows best about that, their opinion on that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, chef, if, a yes. is, if a Muslim is sick and dies, and, and dies uh, by COVID, what will Allah Uh It is said that COVID, the ulama of today, they are treating COVID and saying that it is like, just like, take your around, uh, the waba or plagues. Okay. Um, and so therefore, who dies with it, dies a shaheed. Also, it is the death of an internal organ. And they say that the one who dies upon the uh, death through an internal organ is such a difficult death that he also counts amongst the martyrs because the Prophet mentioned the one who's muptun, That means on the inside of his body is the cause of his death, organ collapse or something like that. All right, so, uh, S. Bailey says, what is a good amount of salawat to do every day? A thousand. That's from Ibn Mas'ud. Sayyidina Ibn Mas'ud said they should not go... Um, a full day. A let, let Friday pass. We're doing 1,000 salawat on the Prophet sallallahu Okay, what do we got? Does them have blasphemy laws? Yes, we do have blasphemy laws, too. We have blasphemy laws, 100%. Does um, is, is Isdaraj entail that the person subjected to it is completely unconscious of what's really going on? is that they are so... Uh, Immersed In their misguidance That they don't even Realize That they're misguiding Themselves further And remember Istidraj Istidraj means Being taken up So that you can be Dropped down It's a punishment It does not happen Randomly Allah Ta'ala Does not punish Randomly Istidraj After many 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 warnings Of the truth You've been told once You've been told twice You've been told so many times Of the truth And yet You reject Reject and reject and reject until that that point, Allah gives you what you wanted because you insisted upon it. How does he give you what you wanted? By making it look appear more beautiful and more beautiful. So you keep thinking you're succeeding and he, d- he stops giving you war- uh, bumps, speed bumps. No more speed bumps for you, right? No, nothing to remind you. Actually, go faster. Go as fast as you want now. You're getting wealth and you're getting success and you're thinking that this is good for you right and then it leads you to hitting a wall or falling off uh, and, and collapsing so that's the concept of Isidraj. and istidraj remember there's no concept here in islam that allah should say for no reason it's they earned it and they got warnings and that's the meaning of he guides who he wills and misguides who he wills what else we got here yes one sallallahu alaihi wasallam is one Can you go, I don't know if you can go to your phone and o- open up my stream and look at the questions and ask me the questions because I can't see the people's questions, unfortunately. Outside of here. Huh? Computer. I also see the questions on the computer. Oh, good. Can you, you see a question box? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you can ask. And, and there's a question box. There should be two. You can open that up too. For example, let me read one. Escaping Purgatory. If you can see that, that's the question box. Oh, was, someone commented, uh, shit is, is, I believe this is the eyes. Allah and making means to Nabi Muhammad to be your du'a accepted. Making who? I didn't get that. Uh, it's I don't know if this is the same thing. It's spelled as D-U-W-A-A-H. Du'a? I guess it's dua, right? Yeah. So it's dua Allah and making means to Nabi Muhammad yes. to, to be your du'a accepted. That's the word. Uh, if you're making dua, then Allah Ta'ala is pleased with you. Okay, Because the du'a is an intimate conversation with Allah and Allah does not want an intimate conversation except with those whom he loves. So you persist in that. If you are studying fiqh, that is another sign that Allah is pleased with a person. If you're making sarawats on the Prophet, that is another. And you're drawing near to Allah by all these extra actions. So you pile on all of these signs that Allah is pleased with you. And inshallah ta'ala, We will be pleased with us If we continue to strive, struggle And we read it in reverse So was well, Allah pleased with? Right? And we have a the list of signs Characteristics, traits From Quran and from hadith Then we go and we take those on We try to take on as many of those attributes as possible Let me read this one from Escaping Purgatory He or she says How should my revert friend handle the death of her grandmother? She's new to Islam and confused to feel and what to do this is always one of the most difficult things uh, how do you handle that uh, type of situation uh, we do have a, she's brand new in Islam she has only one obligation and that to learn about Allah and his messenger the other obligations are technically obligations alright but According to the fiqh of brand new Muslims, based on the Prophet said, call them to Islam. If they accept that, then teach them the prayer. If they accept that, then take their zakah. Don't take the best of it, of their zakah either. So that Prophet, Prophet ﷺ is teaching us in that hadith that there's gradation when there's a new Muslim. So, and the gradation, the wisdom should be that if you go and you a new Muslim, listen, you're not allowed to make do for them. I think that's going to be a problem, right? If it's going to be a problem, then maybe the wisdom says that. All right, just let them just start being Muslim first. Later, they can learn about that. Um, and then you can say, "Look, your grandmother is going to someone who's her creator, who is more merciful than you. There's no way that you have more mercy than your grandmother, uh, than Allah. So leave it at that. Just leave it at that." That's, that's what I would say. You have nothing to worry about. There's nothing you could do that is more merciful than what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the mercy that Allah has. Allah also has more knowledge than us, right? I may have mercy upon a person from based on what I know about them, right? Based on what I know about them. Allah knows what's inside of people's hearts, so just leave it to Allah. That would be my answer. What else you got? To show me black screen for the live stream on YouTube. Okay, so let's stop here. We got a lot of questions. We can't always take the questions, but we will be here from three, uh, from around 1.30 going forward from 1.30 to around 2.30 and Jazakumullahu khairan for everybody. Let's, make, uh, let's close out with the du'a. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to uh, bless gatherings and we ask Allah Ta-A'la to give it tawfiq and give it barakah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept this wa'ad and this mudhakara, this reminder, and uh, uh, to give us Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala to keep us on the straight path, uh, and to keep us upon the, the Sunnah, the book of the Sunnah, and the Jama'a, and the uh, c- correct understanding of our aqidah and of our fiqh, from. Uh, today until the day we die and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us and to our parents, Janatulfos without any Hisab. We ask Allah to keep us away from from innovations and heresies and misguidance and fitnah that lead people to misguidance and from major sins and from the dirtiness of the heart of arrogance and 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 and, and the, uh, the states of the heart that are displeasing to him. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to keep us studying at all time and to keep us people of dua and to answer our dua. So I ask Allah for Ijaba of our dawat. We ask Allah Taala to make none more beloved to us than His most beloved, Sayyidul Konein, Sayyidina Muhammad, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. يا منه القمر يستحي كل النساء تود أن تكون مثلك يا عيشه بنت أبي بكر حبيب رسول الله فازت بقلب خير المرسلين في العلم فاقت علم كل العالمين خبر جليل يزفه جبريل يجوب الدنيا عائشة حبك له حب من يحبه فصرت حب الناس لقلوب المسلمين بنت أبي بكر حبيبي رفيق النبي رسول الله. مصطفى مصطفى من للصفا سيد الأنبياء مش عالون في الوفا كان في عطفه لليتامى دفا مصطفى مصطفى من للصفا سيد الأنبياء مش عالون في الوفا كان في عطفه ليتى